Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. Saw Marcos at the Tennessee Vanderbilt game Saturday. What's up, Marcos? If you find yourself needing legal representation, trust the best lawyer in East Tennessee. Marcos Garza and his team are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyers. If you or a loved one is facing a charge, you're going to want a lawyer that's going to get you the best result possible. Marcos will do just that. Criminal defense and personal injury. If you have a case that they don't feel like they're suited for, they'll you know refer you to somewhere that can get you better service. No matter what legal issue you're facing, give them a call. 865-540-8300. 865-540-8300. Online all the time at GarzaLaw.com. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Fun podcast episode today. We hit all the Tennessee sports. We take some questions. A little bit of draft stuff. Let's get to it. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. (laughs) But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. 38 in a row. As in 38 on answer point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch. It's Monday, April 24th. Seth joins me down in Alabama. Seth, are the Vols back? Uh, yeah, I think so. You don't sound very convinced. Yeah, I do think so. I think that the uh, the the um, the talk about their road record is a little overblown, considering who they've played on the road. And honestly, I think the talk about the road record is kind of stupid, considering they could have swept LSU on the road. They went toe to toe with LSU. They played a lot better against LSU on the road than they did say against Florida at home. So I think this idea that Tennessee's only played well at home this year is it's kind of dumb because even when Tennessee swept AM, they didn't look like near the nearly the team they did this past weekend. So I think I think Tennessee's back. I think Tennessee's back, yeah. With what you said about the road nonwithstanding, I, I am happy that we are playing this next season I, at home. I, w- I was going to say that as well. I am thankful that it is one more home series. I'm thankful for a nine game homestand before we have to go onto the road. Again, just to make sure that we can get fully in the groove. Yeah, need need another confidence weekend. Need to have a big week because, you know, obviously you saw some walls being broken down there. The confidence coming back, the swagger coming back from the pitching staff to the lineup, everybody. I'm glad that we get Mississippi State, who is not very good. I mean, they're what, six in the West right now? I don't know. They're, they've played a lot better. I think if you take out the first two weekends especially. So do you consider them good? 
Well, they were, so I, I'll just say this. On Sunday, on Sunday, before they, they lost the third game to Auburn, they were projected to be in the field. Okay. I'm not saying, I don't think they're like they were last year, for instance. Tennessee's clearly better than them. Tennessee should win the series at minimum. Uh, another sweep would be absolutely amazing. But I don't think that like they're, they definitely a lot better than they, than people thought they were going to be two weekends in when it looked like their coach was going to get fired. But like Tennessee should win the series. Um, Tennessee should honestly sweep them. I mean, I just, I think that Tennessee is like, I, there's only one series left that Tennessee has any excuse losing in my opinion. And that's obviously the last one of the years at South Carolina. Yeah, and I know that, like, Georgia just swept Arkansas and blah, blah, blah. But, like, man, look, there's just so few teams that can compete with us talent-wise, and Georgia's not one of them. It was just kind of like, I don't know what it was. Tony said something happened during the week, but he didn't say what it was. He just said the guys came together and realized that, you know, they were basically just going to, you know, it was time to, to get it going, and they did. Hopefully somebody beat somebody's ass. Yeah, that, that that would be cool. I'd like to hear about this. As we're headed to Omaha, I'd like for them to talk about the story that galvanized the team was somebody beating somebody's ass. Shoving somebody in a locker. That's a lot cooler than it being like some kumbaya crap. Like, I hope it was like Caveras Tears, like, fought someone in like a circle. Like, the circle was the players or something like that, you know? It all comes out that someone, this team has had bad team chemistry. The locker room was divided. And then finally, two people just scrapped it out and everyone's got each other's respect. I feel like he's finally settled on a lineup as well. More or less. I mean, I think that there's always going to be one one outfielder slash DH that is dependent upon pitching, but... If it's a right-hander starting, you're going to see tears. If it's a left-hander starting, you might see merit. But we finally have a lineup. Finally. I think we got our pitching rotation, too. I think Lindsey's yep. going to keep in that Friday spot. And I think Burns is going to be kind of your long reliever if you need two or three innings. Even more, you know, if you need them, four or five innings. Yeah, he's like a closer on steroids. If you need a fourth starter in the tournament or regionals or super regionals, like you got him there, too. I mean, I know you don't need four stars at the super regionals, but in regionals you might. Maybe he could be – would he be kind of like in that cop position that, that Arkansas had a couple years ago? Do you think of him as similar or no? Because I feel like they ran cop into the ground. They did. The weird thing about him was that, like, he was – I guess he he would go longer than an inning, too. But then all of a sudden it was like, oh, it was like if you, you know, that whole Arkansas, they, they didn't have very good starting pitching or whatever, and it got to the third game of the series, and he was just like, oh, I don't have a third pitcher. I guess I'm just going to start cop. That was kind of out of nowhere. Or he'd come in the second inning sometimes. Like, they wouldn't start him, I don't feel like, but he'd, they'd bring him in the second or third inning. Yeah, I just thought Burns can go longer than he can, but then he did go eight innings in that third game that they lost to North Carolina State where he was pretty much unhittable for eight innings. They just left him in like one inning too long. Maybe I misremember, but I don't remember him having overpowering stuff. It was No, like it was all about the cutters. curveball. It was all the curveball. Yeah, yeah. cutter and curveball. Maybe it was I like, a, I guess it was... Bring the cutter, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Burns just has better stuff, though. Right, so he could be even more overwhelming is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, when he came in against Vandy, you know, he was hitting... 
100 miles an hour, 99 miles an hour, and finally hitting that high fastball. And, like, if you leave it up over the plate and it's about, you know, three inches too high where they can't catch up to it, that's a lot different than leaving it over the plate down in the sweet spot where they were golfing, the, you know, just drilling them out of the stadium earlier in the year. Yeah, another thing is that if he can't throw a third pitch for a strike, then being that closer thing just probably works better right now. Yeah, because, I mean, he pitched three innings. He faced nine guys. He struck out seven, but, you know, that's the difference. If you have two pitches and you don't have to go through their lineup more than once, then you're okay. I feel like that is probably a crucial thing with starting pitching is that, you know, guys can figure you out on second and third times through the lineup. But if you only have to go through the lineup once, then, like, hey, that's that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's perfect. He looks like it was just um, – It was electric, man. And then you had – It was. Just clutch hitting. That was nice to see. And I know on Friday you were just talking about how we just kept hitting solo bombs and nobody on base. But then on Saturday and Sunday you started hitting big bombs and yeah. actually manufacturing runs with just consecutive hits. And it wasn't even – like, it was last weekend against Arkansas – it was solo home runs. It was just, it was unreal that every home run we had hit in SEC play for a while had just been solo. It was just like, you know, it was just a, it was just, a, it was some bad luck. It was some bad luck. I also felt like they didn't have, they only had one run for eight innings Friday night. They hit, like, I didn't, they, they hit balls hard too. Like, I didn't think the at bats were terrible like they were against Arkansas. Like, they were dialed in. It was just, you know, they. It's hard to get a ball down in center field with Enrique Bradfield out there and stuff like that. I, you know, the bats were pretty good all weekend. I thought it was just some some bad luck, and and their their start their their ace is really really good. I like that we brought the daddy hat and the coat back. It was much like Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn getting the haircut back at the end of Major League Two, getting back on the motorcycle, getting back with the girl who was running the Boys and Girls Club or whatever, finding our true identity. I liked that. We, we seemed loose and fired up. And, you know, you look at the next three series. Mississippi State at Georgia, home against Kentucky. Those next nine games, what what's your target goal? Six and three. Okay. I think maybe I almost said seven and two. I think seven and two because I think we we said you know in our four series prior against the top five teams we said we'd take six and six. We went five and seven. So like it took it was hard to get to that five and seven, but we undershot our target by a game. We all said we'd be good with six and six. Wait, we play we play Kentucky at home. We play Kentucky at home. I, yeah, I think seven and two is fair because I think they've definitely peaked. Yeah, we play Kentucky at home. It's Mississippi State at Georgia, then home against Kentucky. Yeah, I think seven and two is fair. I really want to sweep this weekend. I think if you sweep this weekend, then seven seven and two is where you should go. For sure. I think you should sweep one of these series between Mississippi State, Georgia, and Kentucky. I don't know which one. I would assume it's this one. But, like, you need at least one sweep there. I mean, you, you have the pitching to be favored in every game, I feel like. Or at least, you know, be a coin flip in every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, K- Kentucky's – I think Kentucky's done. I think Kentucky's done. I think it's over. It's done. And I would imagine that if the team's playing well when Kentucky comes in, they're going to really want to bury that team after what happened last year. Yeah. Like, that's like the one team we have on the schedule that we actually owe payback to. The way everyone's been trying to get us back, we kind of owe that to Kentucky. 
Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So the baseball team we think is back. What did you make of the basketball team going out and landing both transfers that they really wanted, apparently? And Chris Ledlam and Dalton, how do I say his last name? Necht? How do I say his name? Necht. Necht, I guess. I mean, I know you listen to more like Tennessee podcasts than I do. How do they say it? I don't know that I've – I can't remember. I can't remember how Rob Lewis says it. I can't remember how Rob Lewis has been saying it. I guess I was a little surprised. I guess I was more surprised they got Ledlam, um, which I don't know. Necht had big schools after him too. Um, I guess I just felt like Ledlam was going to go to Indiana for whatever reason. Uh, it's funny to me that like they're both 6'6". And one is a guard and one is a big man. I don't know. It's just, it's transfers with Rick. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I'll say that we were slow in the transfer portal. We didn't land any of the big fish in the transfer portal. We didn't land any, like, of the quote-unquote alphas, right? Like, you didn't go out and get a Hunter Dickinson. You didn't get a or Caleb, Caleb Love, whatever, right? Yeah. Like, anybody that was considered an alpha. But maybe you actually, like, tried to round out your roster a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I saw uh, I saw Jeff Jeff Goodman talk about, like, um, Dalton Necht, and it was, like, talking just waxing poetic about him on offense, and, like, he can just pull up and shoot. He's not, like, a... You know, he does a lot off the dribble. He seems like a really awesome athlete. Yeah, we'll see if he gets to Tennessee and plays that way. Like, that's obviously the in the back of every Tennessee fan's mind is, like, is that going to be the guy we get? Yeah, and, and the, uh, the the it was like his one downside is defense. And I, like, read that off to my dad, and I was like, Dad, if this guy can't play a lick of defense, but he's awesome on offense, and sign me up. Did you groan? Did you say, oh, I was like, oh, dad, I was like, I want somebody who is horrible on defense. Just give me somebody that can score. Now we'll see, you know, it's like I said, it's frequent transfers. It's hard to get excited. It's hard to get excited. Um, but he is intriguing to me. The six, six big man. It's like we talked about. It's just, you just think about EJ Anasicki. Yeah, with him, like, maybe he's just insurance because in case you lose both Josiah and Julian Phillips, like, maybe he's just kind of in that role. I, I don't know what to expect of him. The shooter I agree with as long as Rick lets him be that shooter and just says, hey, as long as we have four-plus defenders out there, we can live with one guy not being a good defender. Mm-hmm. It's not the NBA where people just hunt you, pick and rolls, and, like, get switches, and next thing you know, Trey Young's guard and Jason Tatum. Like, it's not, it's not that. In college basketball, you don't have to have five good defenders out there. You, you could have four. Yeah. And obviously, if it works out and you have Santiago Vescovi, who announced he's returning, and this Dalton Neck guy out there together, that'll be the two best shooters at the same time Tennessee's had in a long, long time. Yeah, you would think so. You would think. I mean, you would think they would. we should be able to fill it up from three. Percentage-wise, I don't know, but like it seems like that guy took six and a half, seven threes a game. Vescovi could get up seven or eight threes a game. So, like, they're volume shooters, so it's not like they're just taking two a game, three a game, and have high percentages. They both seem to be, like, good shooters and would have green lights and, like, would actually open up some spacing. So, like... The one highlight I have watched of Dalton Necht is the highlight that G-Man posted of him dunking. I was like, okay, well, that looks... I was like, yeah, he looks like he can play. Sign him up. I haven't seen anything out of Ledlam. I haven't seen anything out of Ledlam. The Ganey guy, like, 
I have no hopes and expectations for the Ganey guy. No, no, I think that's just like, hey, your dad coaches here, so you can come yeah. here. Yeah. And if he comes in and gives you absolutely anything, like maybe he's insurance for BJ Edwards, or I, I don't even know, like if he plays point or can handle the ball or not. I mean, I know he's a smaller guard. I know he banked in that game winning three in his conference tournament. Like, I, that's all I know about him. And that, like, he may or may not take a scholarship just because his dad coaches here. I assume he gets free tuition, right? If his dad coaches here. Like, I, I would you think get to go so. To school for free if your parent works there. So, like, why do we even need to give him a scholarship, anyways? Yeah, I don't know. Just like a pride thing. John, I have no clue. I I anyway. just know he's, he he shot pretty well from three. We'll see if it. I would be surprised if he was actually a factor, like and played at all. Yeah, I would too. I would too. Maybe he's like insurance policy in case like say uh you know Ziegler can't come back from injury right away. Yeah. So baseball's back. I actually like the basketball roster. I'm not going to do the metrics thing and talk about how plugging those guys in makes us a top-level team because we got to wait to see, and you know, there's still some things to shake out in the portal around the SEC and here in Knoxville. So, like, I feel good, though. I feel better because, like, two weeks ago, I was like, is Rick going to do anything? Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. I will say this. I will say this. It's pretty amazing to me that, like, what Rick did – in a span of like five days, he ended up building a team that people like, not Tennessee fans, like people on paper are talking about is like a top 10 team. I'm just kind of like, because it was totally nothing in the portal. I mean, there was absolutely nothing. We knew we were going after Ledlam and that was it. And I think we knew that we were trying to get the guy from North Texas who I guess is going to Kansas State maybe. I don't know. Like, we, there was nothing. It was just about the, the Ledlam guy. And I guess maybe we knew we were recruiting Neck, too, but we didn't really know how serious it was. And then all of a sudden, it was just like, boom, 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 we're done. And he built a pretty good team. So, to his credit, I was like, I'm surprised by what he did and how he did it in the, in the I guess, how quickly he did it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for what the roster is going to look like. I still, you know, hope that Phillips finds his way back. I don't want Josiah back, really. If he comes back, I won't be mad. But if he stays, like, it's not going to be something that, like, makes me overly happy. I would rather have Phillips back because I think there's some room for improvement there. Whereas, like, I think with Josiah, you've had the same player the last three years. Does that make sense? I, I completely agree. The thing about Josiah is that, like, it's just with Josiah – if he comes back, do I think he's going to be any better? And the answer is no. I think he'll be exactly the same. Now, if you told me he came back and was healthy and played the entire season, then, like, okay, that's fine. But, like, I can't do another thing where he's day-to-day. Yeah. Anything Tennessee football-related? I know we got a couple of commitments. Anything noteworthy there? Well, I thought that um, it seems like there's still, like, questions about the offensive line, the secondary, which I don't think those could ever be solved in spring to begin with. There were questions that were still going to be unanswered. Um, but I thought that you 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 signed John Campbell from Miami to start at left tackle, right? Like that's why you signed him, and he's going to be your starter at left tackle. So people have like questions about the offensive line or whatever, but you answered one of them at the most key position. With John Campbell, like you signed him for one reason, that's to be your starter at left tackle. You never really know what you're getting out of the portal, but he's going to be, he is your starter at left tackle. You still got to answer right tackle. You still got to figure out left guard, but like you got one of them solved, which 
you know, I think is really good. Credit to the staff. And then I also thought that there's like a lot of people talking about um, left guard and who's going to start there. But every time I listened to VolQuest talk about it, they were like Addison Nichols would be really in the mix, but he played center all spring because Cooper Mays was out. So it sounds like Addison Nichols is going to be really good too. That was a four-star guy, right? I mean, like, it yeah, he was a really highly rated recruit. He was a really highly rated recruit. Um, and it was just like, he didn't play any left guard because they had to create a backup center. And so he spent the entire spring at center, but they kept on talking about like left guard would look different if, if Addison Nichols was playing in the fall, he's going to be there. So it just kind of seemed to me like, he might be your starting left guard. And they, that sounds like he's going to be a, a good player, too. So I, I don't really know. I mean, I think there's going to be... The offensive line's not going to be as good. But I don't necessarily think the offensive line's going to be bad, either. I think the offensive line should be fine. I do, too. Like, until we go out there and we can't do anything, like, I will assume the offensive line is going to be fine. I, I think we can find five guys that can play. Maybe that's just me not having done the homework to see who the five are or see if we have any concerns there. But I just trust that we'll throw five out there that could play. Will they be as good as last year? Probably not. There's no Darnell Wright out there. But we go fast. We throw the ball quickly. And, like, I think we'll run to the strong side of the offensive line. Like, we'll have one good side and we'll run to that side. I actually think that, like, they'll they'll scheme. I mean, I think it's obvious at this point since he has a great offensive line coach. Are you worried about the time change, the clock change? No more stopping the clock after first downs. Uh, So it doesn't – is it under two minutes in the first half? Yeah, so under two minutes in the first and second half, they will still stop and, you know, allow teams to go on, like, two-minute drives, essentially. So I think it's – I think, the first of all, I think the rule change is stupid because this wasn't the issue. The issue is the commercials. But of course, we cannot do that because we have to bow down to the dollar bill. So that's annoying to me. That being said, do we think it's not going to hurt Tennessee? Some people do just because we're an offensive team and this is going to take out. The CBS article said on average seven plays a, a dry, uh, seven plays a game, but like I think it's going to be much more than that. Like. Because I have wanted the clock to keep running. Like, I think it's a dumb thing to have in college football. These offenses are so good now and sophisticated. It's not like they're having to send the fullback in to relay the mm-hmm. offense to everybody. Like, it's not that anymore. I wanted this to stop. And, like, I, I do pay attention during games. And I want to say, like, on average, it's like seven or eight seconds before the clock gets started after first downs. So, like, you add that up and you'll, you'll lose at least seven plays. I think there'll be even maybe even more. So people are worried that, like, yeah, Tennessee is going to go from 100 snaps on offense to to 90. And how does that affect us? I personally think, like, if we're a good offense, then it's going to help us because our defense is going to be on the field less. And it's going to maximize the importance of each drive, right? Are we a good offense or are we just a fast offense? Like, if we can still score at a high points per possession, if we can still score consistently – and still score and be able to put drives together in a short amount of time. Like, I think then that's going to be fine for us. Well, I also thought that last year, like, after the LSU um, issues they had with trying to slow it down, or what game was it? Not the LSU. Uh, Florida. After the Florida game, where you know, it was, Tennessee was having severe issues going slow. Like, Tennessee proved that it could move the ball and not go light speed. They did it. They did it quite regularly. I mean, it wasn't all the time like 
you know, going as fast as you can. So I don't think it's going to hurt. I don't think it's going to hurt Tennessee. Like, okay, the thing about Tennessee is that the gimmick stuff or whatever, like, look, Tennessee is a power running team. Tennessee lines it up and runs the ball down your throat. They run it. It's, it's like, it's not some 70 30 pass to run. We've talked about it over and over and over again. Like, I know through his first 18 game, SEC games, we had rushed for over 200 yards 12 times. Okay. That is not Mike Leach. I just, the way that Tennessee lines it up and runs it down your throat, like they did against Alabama, I just don't see this rule change having that much of an effect. Now, if they were to like move with the hash, the hash marks or something, then like, yeah, I could see that having an effect on Tennessee's offense. But this, I don't, cause I remember listening to, uh, Ross Dellinger talk about this a couple months ago and, and he, he, he mentioned the, the, the plays on average, I think that it was going to take. And it really, I can't remember the exact amount of plays they thought on average it would take, but it, it wasn't anything too drastic. Like you were saying now it does seven plays a game does seem too few. It doesn't seem like that's enough plays. Seems like it'll be more than that, but I guess we'll find out. Let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash reads ranch. Got no events really planned anytime soon. Doing some baseball giveaways, maybe. Gave one away for the the Sunday game or Saturday game for uh, some patrons, so that was good. But go subscribe, support kids, Seth's kids. No new patrons. Hit us with some questions. Brother DF asks, which volunteer will have the best NFL career? I mean, the safe bet has got to be Darnell, right? Right? He seems like a, I mean, not a lock, but like, he just seems like a sure bet. To have a really good career. Well, I mean, like, Lewis Riddick says he thinks he's going to be the best player in the draft. And I don't, you know, know what Lewis Riddick's hit rate is there, but, like... Well, he's he's very smart. He's very smart. He's a year... Like, he hasn't even turned 22 yet. Did you see the stuff coming out last week, though, where people were calling him kind of immature and lazy? And that he does just enough to get by? Well, I think that might have been true his first two years at Tennessee, but I don't really think that you can... Is he like the greatest athlete of all time then? Because he played left tackle in the SEC and never got a penalty called on him. Then then he swapped back to right tackle the next year and was even better. Like, is he the... I mean... Take it with a grain of salt. We're a week away from the draft, so like teams could be tanking their own guys. That could be a team yeah. that loved him saying that about him, hoping that no one else takes him. Like, you never can really tell. I mean, Hendon has the chance to, you know, be a franchise quarterback somewhere. The last report I saw today is that people think he's going to be a top 20 pick to watch out for teams <laughs> like Minnesota and Tennessee. It changes so much. Yeah, like, I'm ready for it to be over because I want to see it. But, like, I-, I think of superstar potential, like, Jalen Hyatt's got the highest superstar potential. He also has pretty high bust potential, I would say. But he has a chance to be a superstar. Just because, like, how cool is it to be fast? Yeah. Being fast is really cool. You could be a game breaker. If he goes to the right offense and is really fast and not the number one receiver, then you could see him have a couple of monster games like he did against Alabama. Obviously, he's not going to have a game with five touchdowns, but, like, 
he could have you know a couple of just busted plays where he just gets out and outruns everybody. And you know maybe he's the most like household name of the group. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked if it wasn't one of those three. Obviously, for sure. I think those are your three best bets. But you could also tell me Byron Young's just like a ten-year veteran. Anyways, yeah, Get yeah. It. The thing with Hyatt, the thing with Hyatt about me is is always like in terms of bust. Like, were any of those wide receivers that played for Art Bryles at Baylor any good in the NFL? I mean, Josh Gordon was really, really good one year. Like, I think Josh Gordon would have been really good had he not been on drugs and alcohol. And I'm not saying that it's a direct comparison between any of those guys and Jalen Hyatt. That's the closest offense to UT. That's just kind of what – I wonder, like, if I'm thinking about that, I know, like, NFL people surely are. And I don't think he'll be a bust or whatever. I just think what you said about him having bust potential was probably true. There was who else? Like, Corey Coleman, he sucked. I can't think of any of the other Art Bras receivers. But like, like his second year, Josh Gordon had sixteen hundred and forty-six yards and nine touchdowns in fourteen games. So like, he was really, really, really good. Like he had like a stretch of like three or four games in a row where he had like two hundred yards, and then like he just you know, just you know, obviously went off the Kendall Wright. Kendall Wright. Kendall Wright. He was also terrible. Yeah, he was bad. He was awful. Right. He was terrible. Yeah. He was really slow. He was really, really slow. Okay. Well, that doesn't apply. But he also is with the Titans, so, like, it matters where you go. Could Kendall Wright have been better somewhere else? Maybe. Like, that's what I worry about with Hyatt, too. Like, if he got drafted by the Titans, for example, I would be very worried that he was going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. But if you put him with Kansas City or Josh Allen, throwing him the ball deep down the field with other good schemes around him and good players around him, he's probably going to be a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Brother Chad asks, would you rather have teeth for toes or toes for teeth? Well, a couple things that jump out to me here. Teeth for toes means, man, stubbing your toe is going to be a really, really bad pain anytime. Because I assume you get the nerves there too, right? Like you're going to be hurting almost every time you walk. But toes for teeth, like are you going to be able to bite into things? Will the toes be hard enough to actually like chew up your food? Yeah, you have to. You have to do. You have to do teeth for toes. Yeah, I guess you so. To, because you you can't bite anything. Yeah. You'd pretty much just be eating like liquid food, right? Yeah, yeah. You'd be on a. You'd be on a one hundred percent a perpetual juice cleanse. Is what you'd be on. It's got to be that answer then. Plus, you'd look really stupid. You look really damn dumb if you had toes in your teeth. You'd never get a kiss. It'd probably stink. You gotta clip your toenails. That's disgusting. You have toe. You have teeth for toes. Just never take your shoes off, bro. Never take your shoes off. I got fungus all over my toes. I barely take my socks off around anybody. But you would think, with all the damn pharmacists we have in the Discord, that somebody would send me the right medicine and get me fixed. But alas, alas. Shout out to Tuck, though. He did give me a cream recommendation, so I'm going to try that cream. Shout out to Brother Tuck. Handsome man. I was trying Handsome to get him to, to uh, prescribe me some good stuff for my toes, but he uh, he, he recommended this over-the-counter toe cream, so we'll see. Probably not going to work. Brother... S- <laughs> Go ahead. 
Brother CB, Brother CB asks, what, what is the one thing about? that you do at home? My toes? My gross toes? It's not funny. No, uh, I'm laughing at you trying to get a better prescription. Oh. And you're just like, it's probably not going to work. It's not. It's not going to no, work. I'm not laughing at your toes. I'm not laughing at your toes. They're so gross, I'm laughing man. at you just had- cucking the pharmacist before you've ever taken the pill or the cream or whatever. Well, I mean, I hope it works. I tried a pill one time for three months. I was like, hey, watch your kidneys. I was like, all right, I got it. Drink a lot of water. And it gave me a little false hope, but nope. I, I would venture to say my toes are worse than they've ever been. Waste of time that was. Put my kidneys on the line, and for what? For nothing. For nothing. Anyways, go ahead. Brother CB asks, what is the one thing that you do at home that would most likely annoy a female if they moved in with you? I've started playing this game on my phone. Yeah. It's called Ball Sort. It's simple, but you just sort balls. You got to get them all the same color in the same tube. And you can only put balls on each other on the same color to be able to move it. Okay. Play a lot of that. Log a lot of that in. That would probably be pretty annoying to someone. Um, also, this is kind of gross, but I guess I was just talking about my toe fungus. I don't know if it's like since I started taking like creatine or if I'm just getting older, but I found myself to be really, really gassy. Like, uncon- like when I sleep at night, like sometimes I'll, I'll fart in the middle of the night and I'll like kind of wake myself up. And I don't know how to fix that. I don't know what's wrong. Is it just a sign of getting old? Is it just something that happens? Because I remember my dad being pretty gross like that. And I used to think it was so disgusting. And he was just like, I can't help it. And I was kind of like, yeah, you can help it. But now here I am. So who knows? Being single the last couple of years, Seth, I've kind of lost all of my domestication. I used to be pretty good about washing the dishes. Now they just kind of sit there for a while. Or they go right to the dishwasher. Don't really do the soak anymore. Gotten pretty lazy at that. My room, I mean, I got clothes baskets for dirty clothes, but they they stay pretty full. And then I'll just do one big laundry day. Can't imagine a woman like that very much. So mine is definitely laundry. I will do a load of laundry just to wash one shirt. So you're the opposite. You have, are washing I'm the, I'm the, dirty. Buddy, I am the complete, and this is, I mean, I'm the complete and total opposite. But mainly, also, it's that the way that I look at my living space is I look at it vertically as well as horizontally in that if you think about it, your floor is the biggest shelf you have. And a lot of times when I'll do my laundry, well, like every time I do my laundry, I'll fold it and I'll fold it and I'll put it on the floor until I put it up. See, that doesn't make sense to me. If you're so anal about it being clean, how do you put it on the floor? Well, I, I vacuum my, my carpet r- regularly. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I it's vacuum. still the floor. I know, I don't, I'm not saying it makes any sense. I'm not saying it makes any sense. We were trying to defend it by saying you vacuum. It's still the damn floor. There's still going to be some fudge yeah, on there. I, I, yeah, yeah, and I, I walk with my tennis shoes on there. That's surprising to me, too, because you're such a clean freak. I'd imagine you would go immediately off. Shoes off as soon as you got home. Okay, so I, I, I walk in, I pull my New Balances out. Pull my new ones off, and I put my my LL Bean leather house shoes on. Right, but are you ever walking outside in the house shoes? No. Okay, then they because I don't, I don't, be I don't, I don't, I don't want to tear them up. But they they said they said they said they're good to go outside, but I don't want to I don't want to mess them up. So yeah, I, I can't do laundry until it's the absolute like fullest load. Okay. Yeah. I need my basket to have a full load before I can do laundry. 
How much do you separate your clothes when you do laundry? I just go, I mean, I go towels. Obviously, towels and washcloths, I separate those like just to a pile, and I wash those on hot. Okay. And then I have like my, what I would call good clothes and my gym clothes, and I wash those separately for the most part. You know what I would love to know? I would love to know if, if washing it hot versus warm makes a bit of difference. Like Towels or just clothes? But for, well, like for towels, like is it does it really make the towels cleaner if you do it on hot versus warm? That's what I would love to know. I would think so, but there was a whole campaign about like the rest of your clothes that like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Ice Ice T did, where it's like, hey, actually washing your clothes on warm is dumb. Just wash them on cold. We don't need to do that anymore. Technology's caught up, so don't wash anything on hot. I still would do my towels and my sheets on there, but yeah, they said all your other clothes just wash on cold. Then you don't have to worry about separating them, and it's fine. Speaking of wrestlers, speaking of wrestlers, uh, brother Ric Flair was on Joe Rogan over the weekend. Oh yeah, it is a must listen. What does he talk about? All the things, all the wild things he used to do in his past. Everything from like the Xanax, uh, the Xanax addiction to the plane crash to the the old days when they were, you know, riding a bus to like every night to when it was the good days and you know how much he loves Vince McMahon to the current days where he's on his fourth wife and this is the one and he's running a a weed business and an energy drink business I feel like his heart does not need an energy drink He 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 had the audacity to say that he's that he's like you know I don't know that I've ever had a concussion He says he has no body pain He says he has no body pain and Joe Rogan is like dude you used to get walloped by steel chairs He's always said that, and he, he's also like, I can go and, like, not work out for a while and then come back and, like, start deadlifting, like, 450, 500 pounds just out of nowhere. That's what he says. He did He did talk about his workout regimen. He said that was the one thing, that was the one thing that he would not skip out on every day. At 5 a.m., period. If he went to bed at 4 a.m., he was getting up at 5 to lift. Every day, period. He also said, like, you know, this is obviously back in the day. He would be in the middle of the ring. And he would be like, hey, if you want a good time tonight, and then he would they would he would just list off his address, the Marriott they were staying at or wherever. And they would get there after the after the show and there'd be three hundred women there. <laughs> he said three hundred women. He would just he would announce his address in the middle of the ring to everyone. It's it's a must listen. It's a must listen. I'll go listen to it. Brother Marshall asks, is it more embarrassing to have a Salt Lake, salt Life sticker on your car in a landlocked state? Or to make an Instagram for your car, getting a sticker made of that car's Instagram handle and then putting that sticker on your car? To me, the Salt Life thing doesn't even really bother me because it's a, it's a mindset. Maybe you're from there. Maybe you got family there. You know, there's got to be some reasons that people have these. I don't understand any reason to have a sticker for your car and an Instagram account for your car. Unless you're driving something very, very exotic. And even at that point, why have an Instagram for it? Why promote it? What are you doing? Are you renting it out? Are you trying to be an extra in a Fast and Furious movie? What's the point? Are you charging people to, like, Toro it? Are they going to come Toro it and borrow it for, like, a weekend? Like, what's the point? To me, this is a no-brainer. Yeah, it's a no-brainer, too. I mean, I'm not about that Salt Life life, but, you know, you could take, uh... You could go and do stuff at the beach semi-frequently. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, it's the thing is that like what? I just looked it up. Knoxville to Hilton Head, which I assume Hilton Head is where the majority of East Tennesseans go to the beach. Or South Carolina, at least. Yeah. Um, that's six hours. That's it that's I can get to the beach in like in like five to five and a half. It's really and I, you know, so being in a landlocked state isn't that you know, much of a difference between not being in one. The other one, having a an Instagram for your car is just a little weird. Except the only exception I would ever make is I, I posted a picture on Twitter of that girl who had like a pink Fast and Furious car that had like the the characters on the door of it, <laughs> and she just loved the Fast and Furious that much. If she had an Instagram for her car, I would have followed it. That's the only exception I can make. Are you ready for Fast Ten? I am. You think Jason Momoa is going to be good in it? Yeah, I like Jason Momoa. You think Brie Larson will be good in it? Uh, she's okay. I thought Jason Momoa was awesome in Dune. I, actually, I, he was awesome in Dune. I like Jason Momoa. What's Dune? What's that? The movie that came out at the end of 2021. The science fiction movie. What's it about? With uh, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet? Is it Chalamet? Chalamet? Is that the guy from, is that the guy from Lady Bird? What is Ladybird? Zendaya. Zendaya. She was in it too. Okay, I know her. So what's it about? Jason Momoa was it in about? it. It's 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 long. You're just gonna have to read about it. You're just gonna have to read about it. Is it like Star Wars? No, 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 no. I didn't say it was gay. Is it like the Lord of the Rings? No, 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 no. Are there big like bugs in it and slugs in it? Is there a Job of the Hut character in there? <laughs> no, there's no Job of the Hut. Is there is there a big ass worm? Yeah, there's a big ass worm. I've heard of yeah. a big ass worm. Is that is that where that's from? That's kind of like yeah, the yeah, they the hut, ride isn't it. it. Except cool. Okay. They like ride the worm. They ride the worm. So he's like a horse. Yeah, yeah. No, well, it's like a it's like a mile long worm. Where do they ride it to? They just ride it around the desert, which produces the desert is where the spice is at, which is the drug that gives you like. So they're just trying to get high. It makes you see your muse. Basically, you like achieve. Like, you can see into the future kind of thing. And then are they motivated to go out and do good things? Or are they just like, wow, that's cool. I hope Sometimes, I that some that. of them. Some of them they, don't, they don't have computers. So they need the spice to be able to do the complex calculations. So is this set, like, way far in the past or way far in the future? Future, 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 So future, the world's future. gone to shit. Yeah, because there was a big AI battle. AI took over the world, so they, they crushed the AI and were like, no more computers. So it's almost kind of topical with chat GPT right around the corner and... Yeah, it sounds very relatable. I would like to ride a big worm through the desert. Hey, yeah, taking our jobs. It would be cool. Be a lot cooler than a horse, that's for sure. What about a camel? Would you rather ride a camel or a worm? I think camels are pretty cool. I do too. They never get thirsty, man. They got water up there in their hump. I think it would be cool to ride a horse. I mean, a camel. But I did just read that book about the Comanches, and they made riding a horse seem so cool. They made riding little little Mustangs seem so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not a big horse guy. I'm not a horse guy. What's that line about Comanches and enemies? It means enemy of everyone, which is true. That's right. That is true. That is what the Utes, not not the Utah football team, but the actual Indian tribe, that is what they started calling them. Um, you know what that makes me? A Comanche. A Comanche. How good was Ben Foster in that movie? 
Yeah, he was really good. If he was in that weird Dune movie, I probably would watch it because he's pretty good in everything. He he plays an amazing crazy person. He looks crazy. He kind of looks like I've told you about my crazy cousins who live like in Madisonville, like stabbed each other. He looks yeah. He looks a lot like them. That's how. That's what I think of every time I see him. So I'm already preconditioned to think, wow, this guy's crazy. And then he knocks it out of the park every time. But I would I would like to know what the reason or like maybe the check was good. I found it very weird that he was in that Adam Sandler movie where he was a scout. Like he was the bad guy in that. Have you seen that one? No, uh, I'm not. It's pretty good where he's like the scout for the Sixers. Like Ben Foster's like the 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 kid, the son of the owner who dies. And I was like that seems like a weird movie for him to do cuz everything else he's just like some crazy like out in the wilderness or out on the plains or robbing banks. Anyways, the last Adam Sandler movie I saw was um Righteous Gemstones, or what is it? What is Righteous it? Gemstones? No, no. What is it? What is it? It's the one. I, it was uh, Uncut Gems, I believe, is what you're. Looking Uncut for. Gems. Uncut Gems. Righteous That's the last one Gemstones. I saw. What's the, that was an HBO show, maybe. Yeah, yeah it is. Ask me what the uh, last Adam Sandler movie I watched was. What was the last Adam Sandler movie you watched? Murder Mystery Two. Out now, That's what I was going to guess. Out now on Netflix. Is it good? I mean, it's fine. It's the it's fine. I like Adam Sandler. I like Jennifer Aniston. So if I'm doing something, if I'm playing my ball sort game, waiting on basketball to start, I'll throw on Murder Mystery too. Is it a decent murder mystery? Uh, nah. I kind of pegged it from the get go. Okay, I got really deep into murder mysteries earlier this year. I, mean, I don't think you'll get it because you don't watch enough movies, but I get it. Yeah, I I just got really deep into like detective stuff. So I, I kind of I really like murder mysteries now, which that was never really a genre of film or book I was ever into. Have you watched Knives Out? Yeah, I have. And I, I like them. I like those movies. I liked I liked this last. Did one. you watch those ones like Murder on the Orient Express and all that? No, I've never seen. I thought that all one. those were dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes they just kind of seem overwrought. It's hard to have, like, a genuine mystery. Have you ever watched Scream? No, I don't need to. I just can read your post about it. Well, that's what the, that's what the crux of the movies are, Seth. They're all whodunits. Yeah. So if you like murder mysteries and whodunits, I'm just saying maybe you'd like Scream. Was the last one good? I thought, Scream I mean, I thought 6? so. I thought so. Yeah, I mean, they've all... I mean, I think at this point it's unquestionably the best horror franchise of all time because... Of the six movies, five have at least been what you would consider better than average. Hayden Panet, however you say her, she was yeah, in it. Yeah, she came back. She's been gone for a while. I think the last movie she might have done was Scream 4, and then she kind of just fell off the face of the earth. She got married to that Klitschko brother, and who knows what the hell they've been doing. Well, they're divorced now, right? Probably. I assume so, but that's kind of the last They're time. divorced, and like her daughter like still lives in Ukraine. The, the daughter picked daddy? She married like the mayor of Kiev, right? Like, <laughs> did she? That's the one she married, oh, right? Yeah. Like, well, they're both they're one. both geniuses, I, 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 right? Yeah, I don't know which one. I don't know which one. I just know she disappeared. Okay, maybe Vitaly is the brother. Vitaly is the mayor of Kiev. She didn't marry Vitaly, but I think they're both like geniuses. Yeah, Vitaly holds a PhD in well from the physical science department, whatever. I mean, I guess he's like the world's greatest PE coach. I don't know. You better be careful. If this gets back to him, he's <laughs> in his honor. But I did see her interview not that long ago talking about like the worry, how rough it's been with her daughter still living over there. Kind of weird that she would pick the dad. Yeah, maybe she was born in Ukraine. Maybe, hey, maybe she's a freedom fighter, bro. It's true. 
Maybe she's a freedom fighter. Brother Tuck asks, for John, gun to your head, you have to perform fellatio to survive. Do you do it? There's a two-part of this. I don't know if you, you don't have to read the second part, but I just want to point out. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm I just not going point to point out that it's kind of fucked up that the question for it's me. It's uncouth. It's uncouth. The question for me is, would I do it? And the question for, for me to survive. And the question for you is, would you do it to save your sister? Which I just don't really like the implication there. A, that I don't have anybody that I would want to protect. <laughs> B, that like it's just a given that you wouldn't do it to save yourself. I don't like either one of those implications there, but like it kind of comes back to, you know, like a lot of people willingly do it. It can't be that bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a good point. A lot of people willingly do it, and some people even like doing it. It depends on what type of mood I'm in that day. Not whether or not I'm <coughs> feeling sexy, but like, am I in a good mood? D- if you catch me on a day where I feel like life is worth living, yeah. If you catch me on a day where I'm just kind of like, eh, I'm kind of over it, then probably not. Just pull that trigger, baby. But I feel like I'd be good at it. I don't feel like it would take very long. Can I brag about that? Is that is that is that uncough? You don't think it would take you very long? No, I think I'd get the job done fairly quickly. I mean, it can't be that hard, right? Well, I hope it's hard. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Don't don't <laughs> want a little loose worm in there wiggling around. Brother Marwan asks for a preview of the Will Levis spin zone you've crafted up in case the Titans draft him. Well, I mean, it's not going to take much of a spin zone. Like, the first thing I see when I watch Will Levis, Seth is I just see a white Steve McNair. That's what I see. They both basically good athletes. They're both like in the 4-7 range on the 40-yard dash. Steve McNair had a rocket launcher for an arm as well. So does Will Levis. So like, there we go. I'm already sold. Think about how tough Will Levis is. Don't you just need to pop in the, the 2022 tape on Will Levis to be sold? Not the 2022 tape, Seth. Not the 2022 tape. Uh, the 2021. 2021. 2021 Sorry. Yeah, because like he, he lost everybody. He lost his coordinator. He lost his offensive line. I mean, I, I don't know if like his receivers are still any good, but I know he lost some NFL guys. But like it all comes down to coaching, man. And I don't think he got good coaching this year. And I don't think he had an offensive line. But he's tough. When you put on the 2022 film, Seth, you're going to see that he's tough. Outside of that really stupid fumble he had against Ole Miss where he just got absolutely rocked. Like, that's the only time I ever saw him really sweat when he got hit. So, super tough. A white Steve McNair. I would love to see him run some quarterback draws. And, like, I don't care about the Kentucky thing because one of my favorite Titans of all time is Javon Curse. You know where Javon Curse went to school? Florida. The moment he got to Tennessee, I didn't give a damn where Javon Curse went to school because he got a strip sack on, like, one of his first plays, and I was hooked. I was sold. Meanwhile, Peyton Manning with the Colts, where'd he go to school? Tennessee. I hated him in the NFL. So once you get to the pros, I don't care about where you went to school. Will Levis, rocket launcher. You can teach it. Plus, it's, it's Kentucky. It's, 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 like, it's, it's like, Kentucky, bro. It's yeah, Kentucky. Like, Javon Curse in Florida is a lot different sure, than, sure. than 
Actually, it wasn't because when he got there, I was like, I don't care. The freak, baby, let's go. And, and, and I, I was say, even, I remember how cool it was his rookie year. I feel like that's the first time I've ever seen a strip sack fumble. Like, I feel like he invented the strip sack fumble. Maybe I'm wrong, but like, he had like 12 forced fumbles his rookie year. So I don't give a damn about that once they get to the pros. Will Levis is tough. He's got a rocket launcher for an arm, and he's fast. And keep in mind, Seth, he went to school at Penn State for a while. So, like, the weather's not going to bother him. Kentucky's not a great weather place. Some of these guys you got to worry about, like, can they handle bad weather? I don't know. You ain't got to question that with Will Levis because that guy's tough. And he's strong. You seen that recent picture of him that he posted online? Guy's shredded now. I saw, like, he he said basically that he got over his injuries, right? Pack Shakur. Yeah, he got injured because nobody could block for him. No, but that was like, so he was like, uh, he's like, I've been able to get in, like, the best shape of my yeah. life because I haven't been injured. The guy yeah. was out there gut- gutting through it like Steve McNair used to. Will Levis, you know, and, like, as far if he falls to 11, slam dunk, run to the podium, race to the podium, get there as fast as you can. If you have to trade up to number three to get him, that's fine. You know why, Seth? Because when you have your guy, you do whatever it takes to get him. You don't risk missing out on your guy. You go get your guy. So if you have to trade for it, who cares? Just make sure you get your guy. If that's Will Levis, that banana-eating motherfucker, then I'll be happy with it because I see Steve McNair. Without the off-the-field issues. So no no chronic gambling addiction? I don't know if Steve McNair is a chronic gambler. I've never heard that one before. I just heard he liked to sleep around, have okay. sex with a lot of people's I thought, wives. I thought he had, for some reason I was thinking he had like gambling I debts. don't think, uh, that might be a conspiracy, but I don't, th- I haven't heard that if so. Okay, well if you haven't heard that, then I made that up because. Yeah, like the, the, the th- conspiracies around him is basically that he was just slinging hog to everybody and that somebody got him killed. Like either his wife got him killed because he, she wanted the pension and like wanted to leave him but couldn't leave him. Or, like, that somebody's boyfriend and husband had found out and did it. Like, I, I never really heard about the gambling stuff. There might have been some, like, drug stuff people he owed because, you know, he was so beat up because of how tough he was that, like, there was some alcohol and some pain pill stuff, too. But, like, yeah, I've never heard the gambling stuff. Isn't, like, isn't, wasn't it, you know, theorized that he was found dead with, you know, something stuffed into his there mouth? There is talk that his 14-inch penis was the thing he was most proud of and, like, was, like, urban legend and that, yeah, they did shove it down his mouth when they killed him. That that is uh, that is theorized, which makes me think it would be like a jilted lover or like somebody who had, you know, had their lover dicked down by him, so they take what he loves most. An eye for an eye. Instead, you just have to wash it in the sink. <laughs> I don't understand. The sh- I couldn't do it in the shower. I couldn't do it in the it, shower. It was, it was, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't know either. I don't, I don't know either, but that's what they said. <laughs> you would think the shower would be easy. You are right about that. <sighs> well, rest in peace, Steve. R.I.P. J- July 4th, a day I'll never forget. I don't think about Independence Day. I think about Steve McNair, them finding him dead. Anything else? Uh, that's all I've got. Great pod. Talk to you soon. Later, buddy. I love, love you. Are you the brutal heart? Are you the brutal heart that I've been looking for? Cause if you're looking for love, you can look for that door. Hearts. Hearts that break the night in two. Arms that can hold you, that's true.